All right, viewer, uh, I want to have a conversation about Arizona and Duke. And I want, I want, don't, please don't fast forward through this. I, I'll, I'll try to keep it relatively short, but, but, you know, this picks with the professor. I was a real statistics professor for five years. So I have the teacher in me and I feel like I want to make sure that we don't fail the midterm that's coming up, right? We just started the semester, you know, and I want to make sure that, that everyone gets a good grade on the tests that's coming up, right? And, and whatnot. And what I just, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page on is I totally understand the thought process of if I know who's going to win, the price doesn't matter. If I know, if, if for whatever reason I get to know the outcome of one game, the price doesn't matter because I absolutely know the result, but we never know the result. And I think that's what Jake and I were trying to get out with Arizona. I'm not trying to take a victory lap here saying we thought Arizona would win. That's not it at all. We specifically said this is a coin toss game and the model had it around 50, 50. I think the morning update, I think it had it 51, 49. I can't even remember from 51. It's so close to a coin toss. And that was the point is that we didn't know what would happen ahead of time. And that's what makes the price matter in our picks. And that's where we're going to be playing in the long run is trying to find that value, not knowing the result. And, and maybe I, I'll, I'll elaborate on like this, whether you have a model, you're using your own model, you're using someone else's model, you're aggregating models, you're just trusting my model, whatever it may be. Even if you don't have a model, you have a thought process. You have a probability in your brain somewhere of what you think the team wins is. You may not can articulate that, and, and that's totally fine too. But we understand that there is not a 100% chance of anything happening other than potentially you, you get into the blowouts. You know, when you got a, a top 10 team facing Lemoyne or the whatevers of the world, you know, Long Island, Mississippi Valley State, right? That's close enough to 100%, right? We're not talking about those. That's a whole different story. We're saying, you might say, I really think this team wins a lot. I'm really, like, I'm confident or whatever, or, but it's not 100%. And there's some probability there. And even if you can't articulate it, it's 80, it's 70, it's 60, it's 55, it's whatever the percentage is. And that is what should guide us to know what price to take. Because if not, what's going to happen, viewer, and if you're watching, some of you, some of you, I know I'm going to be speaking right to your heart on this because you've done it before. Because we've all been there. Because I was there before I had a model as well. You think to yourself, I don't think this team loses. And you get a little overextended on this team laying some price like minus 200, which is what you would have laid on Duke. And then the upset happens and you've lost way more on that game than you wanted to, than you should have. Uh, if you're parlaying, you put it in multiple parts, you lost multiple parlays because of that. We've, we've all kind of been there at some point. I say all, probably all. And that's what we're talking about here is that how do we know what to pick? It's not about making a prediction on a game because we have no idea what's going to happen. Nobody does, especially with kids and playing sports and sports are weird. It's that the price being offered relative to what we think the probability is going to happen. That's what's going to guide our long-term profits. And viewer, we are now pretty much done with Friday. By the time we're recording this, there's two games happening left, but we already know the results because there's only a minute left in them. And the A grade picks are back up to about a 5% ROI. And that's what we're talking about here. We're not winning every game, but we are getting good value so that in the long run, the overall set of picks is profitable. And that's what Jake and I have done on this show. Cousin Jared, the one time he was on, we've only gone eight and seven 
and our 15 show picks, but by taking good prices, plus odds when it's a coin toss, not laying too big odds, that sort of thing. We've got a 19% ROI on those 15 picks going eight and seven because we're taking good odds. We're making smart bets based off the prices. Jake, do you have anything you want to add to that discussion? Did I miss anything, anything to highlight? No, I think you hit it all. The, the biggest thing I would add is if you can't think of a way your bet loses, you've lost, right? Like, like because, and that, that's what I try to, I'm not the smartest math numbers probability guy. That's, that's not me, but I tried to lay out the way Arizona could win. And I think it went fairly close to what I said yeah. with Mitchell, not all the way being back and they beat up Pilipowski and got running and everything like that. It, so you just, when you're, especially when you're doing these sports, like no matter the level, college, pro, whatever, when you're good and ready to play the bet, you need to be able to think of at least a couple ways it loses and how likely those are to happen. Yeah, that's what we, I always say that too. And I, I know you and I've talked about it because Jared talked about it. If you can't figure out the way your bet might lose, you haven't thought hard enough because you should be able to figure it out. Like there, there's ways, especially now. Uh, you, you got Again, you got Villanova and LeMoyne. There was really no way LeMoyne was going to win that game. No, LeMoyne covered that game, which we had as an A-grade pick. But uh, the fact that they you know, they were never going to win there, right? But they, that's a one-off type or, or a handful off. Those are a handful of games. We're not talking about those. We're talking about games close to 50-50 where the spread mm-hmm. isn't, you know, 30-some-odd points or whatever it is yeah. like that. And so, yeah, I, I think it's the, the key there is not to try to recap, you know, it's not not that we're saying we said Arizona would win. We didn't. We said this was a 50-50 game. We didn't know what would happen. Duke could have won or Arizona could have won. And, and that outcome doesn't make us right. It doesn't make the model perfect. It, none of that. All it does is say we have one more game to add to our shameful size where we assigned a probability that we thought was different from the books. We took advantage of the plus odds. And you add it to the totalist and that growing tally, that's what makes us smart. And that's what makes the model good. And Jake, I think you, you said it really well. You don't have to be the smartest math guy. You got to list. You got to find a good math guy. That's why I'm your guy here right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> to help us figure this out. And, and, and I run the math and I, I understand all the math, but I can't figure all this stuff out my brain either. Right. That's why I have the model, because if you ask me how much should or what's the probability that Duke and Arizona win without the model? I would have been like, I don't know. <laughs> 55, 60, 50, 40. I don't know. Right. And that's why we have the model to help us figure out when I've done a lot of the research on it to make sure the models calibrate and that sort of thing. So that's what we're trying to do here. Cousin Jared talks about all the time. This is a, this is a math show. It's, it's, it doesn't seem like it. We talk a lot of sports, but it's really sports betting is a lot of math. And that's what we're trying to get. So we want to remove the phrases. This will happen. This will not happen from our vocabulary because that implies 100% or 0%. And these games have probabilities that are much higher or lower, depending on which you're at, than that. Uh, sports are random. And so what we try to do is assess those probabilities. Say, if this game were to happen this many times, how many would they win? That way, uh, if we do a decent job, we don't have to be perfect. As long as we do a decent job of that. We're going to profit. And that's what that's why we always talk about we love the A grades, because even if we're off a little bit, we don't have to do the best job. As long as we're doing a decent job, there's enough value in them to win. That's what we've shown so far through five days of the season. Jake, uh, before we get started here, we got six games. Talk about a handful of games on Saturday. The, the slate's a little bit weaker quality, but but it's still a lot of games and still money to be made. And, and we always say you don't have to watch them to make the monies. I won't be watching probably a single game because I'm going to be watching college football still, but we can still make money off of it by checking our bank accounts at the end of the day, seeing how it goes. Uh, the last thing I just want to kind of reiterate, though, we are 
you know, we've had now, what is this, 73 A-grade plays. And on the 73 A-grade plays, again, turning a nice little 5% profit, things looking in the right direction. And that's, uh, to me, that's really what we're talking about is large sample size profits. And that doesn't mean we have to bet every game because we aren't. We're betting a quarter of them, you know, whatever, that sort of thing. And to me, that's the 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 mindset I want to leave with people. Do you have anything else to add before we get to it? No, nah, nah, let's just get into it. Other than the lingering question in everybody's mind, where did your beard go? I mean, that's the... There was mistakes made at the barbershop that had to be corrected a certain way, and that's uh, that's that's where we're at. That's where we're at. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, Cornell and Forum, we're going to start off here at 1 p.m. Eastern. Jake, Cornell, according to Sideline, the 31st best offense in the country – uh, you may not be surprised at that. I kind of mentioned, I, I mentioned it yet in yesterday's show. I don't remember if it was in the full show or the extended cut that a lot of these things, you know, I'm not into college basketball as much as you. I don't follow it quite as much. I do the math and we have, I know what data to use. And there's a lot of sports betters who never watch sports, but they know the math, right? That's where we're hoping on the math side. I like to watch college basketball, but I miss out on Ivy league basketball. I don't see a lot of it. I saw a little bit, you see a little bit like in February, I feel like when they have that like 4 p.m. Friday game, it's like, I can watch that one, but otherwise they get lost in the shuffle. Like they play Saturday, Sunday, a lot of times. And it's like, I'm watching other bigger games that I'm more interested in. So maybe you're not surprised. I was shocked. I was like, Cornell, like, look at that offense. Like that is impressive. I did not quite expect that. Well, it's got them at the 60th best team. And that's, I think the biggest takeaway here is that Fordham's not bad. And defensively, they're not bad. They're, they're a little offensively challenged, of course, but the, that Cornell's offense is that good. Cornell as a team that good kind of surprised me a little bit. This is being priced as if Fordham might even be in the same ballpark as Cornell. Model thinks Cornell is much better. And even though they're on the road, should still win the 60% of the time that makes plus one Oh eight. An A grade pick, Jake. What are what do you know about Cornell? Because I knew nothing really uh, coming into the night about them. I mean, I knew they always have a good offense. Like that, that's just a staple there. This good, I didn't see coming. I just always saw it. And don't sleep on the Ivy League. The Ivy League has got talent. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen it over the last few years. They're upsetting teams in the tournament. I mean, you've got Harvard and Princeton and Cornell and Yale. I mean, those are all. Very solid mid-major team. I think almost all of them have had a big tournament upset in the last decade or so, it seems like. Yeah, and you don't want to see them come March because it's a tiny league and they just beat up on each other. So it's just when they're very battle-tested by the time they get to the tournament. And this Cornell team's no different. They are very good. And I think Fordham is a little overrated by most places. Uh, They're they're just – they struggled – their first time out uh, got barely got well, Wagner. They were 42% from the free throw arc and not much better anywhere else. Um, they were, got out rebounded by a much uh, smaller and weaker Wagner team. Um, Cornell's got two games under their belt. One's a D2 school. They handle their business, whatever. Um, the first one against Lehigh was a bit, a bit eye opening. It kind of let us know that Cornell is going to be a very good team. They have, uh, four guys averaging in double digits right now. They're a very solid team, and Brian Earl is a good coach. He, I'm surprised he's still in the Ivy League at this point. He is he's very good. Um, we, they don't make hardly any mistakes because they're so well coached. They take advantage of the free throw line. Uh, they're a very good shooting team all the time. Cornell should win this, and they probably should be favored by three or four. I, I don't know why we're so high on Fordham. 
Yeah, the model says Cornell on average is by 3.7. So kind of aligning with that thought process that they're a much better team, even though they're on the road, they should get it done. Model's got the A grade threshold here for Cornell at minus 101. So basically, as long as you're getting even money or better, it gets to that A grade. Uh, you know, I don't you don't see a lot of minus ones ones out there. So really even money or better, your A grade threshold. Uh, this one here was at FanDuel for plus 108 here. Uh, tonight, a pretty solid pick to open us up. And uh, the last thing I just want to say about the Ivy, I am, I, I, it's one of the leagues that I wish I watched more of, I feel like, especially when they play those Friday night games. I wish it was on TV yeah. more. We could watch because some of those top, the top, usually it's like top four teams are pretty good and the bottom four a little bit weaker. When those top four teams play each other, I try to catch those as much as I can. Those are usually good games. And that's what you mentioned. Yeah. Like, a little bit of an underrated conference that the, some of the top teams in the Ivy League are pretty solid. Uh, and that's what we think we've got here with Cornell this year. So we're going to take them as an A grade to start off our Saturday slate. At 2 p.m. Eastern, UNC Wilmington and UNC Astral Jake, this may never happen again where two teams, both from the same state, both in the same school system, both have the same graded offense once you round, and both have the same graded defense once you round, thus having the same overall rating once you round. This is insane. I have no idea if these two teams are like mirror images of each other with regards to how they get their success, whether it's big guys, small guys, fast. I don't know that specifically, but just the fact that the model says their, uh, their, their goodness on offense and defense is about the same. Decent offenses, questionable defenses, reasonable teams, not bad, not good. Uh, should be a good game, though. Of all the games, there's a handful of them that just look to be 20, 30-point blowouts. And those are games that probably aren't going to be on your radar at all, uh, unless you're, you know, that's one of your alma maters or something like that. Uh, otherwise, though, this should be a real competitive, tight game. If this is on a neutral, I mean, this would be the coin toss of coin tosses. But it's in UNC Asheville. So at minus 110, the, the markets clearly think that Wilmington's the better team. I think that was true in years past. Wilmington's been a solid team. But the model thinks that this year's version, that 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 they're not really better than Asheville. So minus 110 for Asheville, the pick at a B grade. Jake, what do you what do you what do you know about these teams? Because I know nothing other than I just think it's crazy that they're rated so similar. Oh, it's it's nuts. I, I didn't catch all the ratings when I started looking into this. It's, it's wild that they they're just identical. Um I, I like Asheville. I like I knew this was be a tight game, and I like putting my hands in or <laughs> my bet in the hands of the best player, and that's that's Drew Pember for UNC Asheville. He's showed it over the last few years since transferring from Tennessee that he's uh, extremely offensively talented and very efficient. Um, great free throw shooter, can shoot the three ball. Um, big guy, rebounds, does well, plays smart. Um, so I want my bet riding with him. If I'm looking at a coin toss, he he's had a few 40 point games in his career. at UNC Asheville. He's done very well. They've got shooters all around him. Um, they got shooters all over the floor. They play at a faster, a much faster pace, I believe than uh, what Wilmington wants to play. And as Craig, long, I was just, I was just looking at that, that yeah. the pace difference in these teams is, is it's not like the, the biggest discrepancy, but UNC yeah. Asheville is above average and Wilmington is decently below average. So uh, I, I just want that confirm that for you. Yeah. And uh, the first, if you look at the first games, right? Uzi Asheville plays the D two school, um, handled their business. They feasted off a bunch of turnovers. They they were the much better team. They um, but you uh, Asheville went to Michigan, ran into a buzzsaw that is Michigan right now. They're they're exceeding expectations. Uh, got in some early foul trouble. 
with especially with Pember, that really kind of changes that game. Um, they get they end up getting blown out, but I think they did much better than what the scoreboard indicates. I, I think that battle will be an advantage of instead of going through a blowout and just basically running a normal practice. They went against somebody that made them work harder and get and do more to get better. Coming back home, I think that's a big advantage. I'll take you Asheville to win this one. Yeah, Asheville lost by 25 at Michigan, but Michigan in their first two games looks insanely good. They just beat tonight Youngstown State by 30, and and we're up 23 at the half. And Youngstown State's not supposed to be a terrible team. So uh, it's kind of like sometimes when you play these top teams, you kind of got to throw it out because, sure, maybe they can't cover against them, but that's not what we're concerning ourselves here because now we're talking about teams ranked in the mid-hundreds, not going up against a team like Michigan who – you know, I, I think uh, with their coaching situation now at this point, too, it's interesting for both basketball and football having some coaching <laughs> situations uh, looking a lot stronger than I think we all thought they might look at this point and the kind of just on a mission destroying people. So there's a possibility we're getting a little bit of value in this space because people are a little bit down on Asheville because of that. But I'm like, you know, that means much. M- model says, hey, sure, they got beat, but, but that doesn't change yeah. – the fact that this team's still a, a decent team, uh, you know, not likely to make the tournament, but uh, you know, when you're playing another team, it's not likely to make the tournament. Then it doesn't really matter. Right? The 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 idea is these two teams are pretty close, according to the model. So let's take the home team here at, at minus one ten, and then we're going to go to a late game. Jake, Long Beach at DePaul, ten p.m. Eastern start. When we first started talking about this game, we were talking about Long Beach Paul. I'm like, oh, it's a late game. It's one of the later games on the slate. This game must be at Long Beach. It is at DePaul. It is a nine o'clock local start. I have to assume it's like the Big East has a contract with Fox. And so maybe it's like an FS1, FS2 game that they're airing late because of football and they pushed it back or something. Or maybe DePaul is just like, let's rock and roll with 9 p.m. starts local time. I don't know. That was surprising to me really thought this game being a late game would be uh, at Long Beach. Here's the thing. DePaul sets up to struggle this year. They've got the two worst units on the court, and their defense probably isn't drastically worse than anything Long Beach offers. But offensively, the model thinks that DePaul's really going to struggle this year and that the home court advantage is not going to help them make up for that. Long Beach, according to sideline, wins 55% of the time. Uh, so even though it is a long road trip, the minus 105 is a good investment. Be great pick for us on Long Beach. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, uh, it's, I think it's fairly obvious. Uh, DePaul is being over over or <laughs> being thought too high of by the books. Yeah. I mean, they were favored by about 12 ish. Um, last game ended up losing and <laughs> lost by eight. So that was a 20 point flip on it. Uh, they're not. Good shooting. They turn the ball over like crazy, and that's the Achilles heel, and that's going to be the difference of this game. They turn the ball over 22 times to Purdue Fort Wayne. Uh, I just I don't see it getting any any better against Long Beach. I think we're still going to get a, a ton of turnovers. They're going to be able to take advantage of that, especially with the better offense. Um, the, their defense, I'm not sure where they compare to Purdue Fort Wayne, but it can't be far off. Um because I feel like those teams are very similar. Uh, they're it's just they handle the ball. Long Beach handles the ball well. They shoot the ball fairly decent, and that's all you're going to need with the extra twenty plus chances DePaul's going to give you on a given night. It's not set up good for DePaul this year. 
And DePaul's had some ups and downs in the last several years. I feel like more downs than ups, and this doesn't really set up to be that much better. And this game is on FS2, by the way. Uh, it's not a for college triple, though. It's just a full day of college basketball on Fox Sports 2. Uh, and so that's probably why it's pushed an hour later. Uh, but they've got a ton of Big East games. It might be might be six if I'm looking at this correct Big East game. So if you, if you like college basketball, FS2 is going to be uh, your spot to watch some Big East basketball tomorrow. So I guess that explains the, the light start a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Long Beach, a pretty solid team. One of the teams out in the Big West that, uh, along with a handful of others, always seem to be in that kind of the t- – it's almost like the Ivy League. You know, they kind of beat yeah. each other up. Usually the top four is better in the bottom four. The bottom four usually has like Northridge in it, I believe. And uh, usually it's not as good. But, you know, your top yeah. four is usually pretty decent. Somebody makes the tournament there, ends up being like a 13 seed and a pretty dangerous team. Uh, so kind of a similar setup to that. And Long Beach sets up to be one of those top teams that's going to compete for winning that conference uh, this year. Very respectable team, uh, solid bo- on both sides of the ball. Um, they had an opening night loss uh, or opening season. I don't know if it's opening night loss as well. Uh, but, you know, we think they're still the much better team given that neither team looked impressive. Uh, we kind of talked about yesterday. It's like, well, they, they both kind of like rose and fell the same way, right? It wasn't like yeah. you could adjust too much because they both didn't look impressive. But we thought Long Beach was better to start with. So no reason to change that opinion, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, that is our recap for first three picks here that we've got on the free show we've got those three coming up on the extended cut version jake uh we've got a little little maction action here if you like the mac basketball we are covering three mac games in the extended cut uh if you want to see how we feel about those games and the picks for those remember the sign up link for dub clubs in the show description cost under one dollar per day you will get every single one of those a grades that we mentioned uh, previously that are starting off the season so well, along with all sorts of picks and other sports. The action to the Discord chat, great spot. People talk about fantasy football lineup suggestions, parlay suggestions for people who like to do those, how they use the boosts, uh, what people like and don't like, other sports, tennis, all sorts of sorts of goodies. That Discord is a lot of fun over there. You get that through Dub Club as well. So you get a lot of bang for your buck on Dub Club. Jake, any parting words before we get a 60-second break? No, I mean, this – Mac Sunbelt Challenge is incredible. They are doing it based on net ranking at the later in the second round this year, where the where it's all going to be at the Sunbelt teams. I think it, that was a brilliant idea by these two conferences to help them get possibility of a more more teams in or at least better seeds. So I I love it, and it's produced a lot of fun games already. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've had a fun start to the college basketball season. So hopefully, you can continue here. As a reminder, we will not have a Sunday show. Uh, but hopefully you'll see us here on the other side of the music. Otherwise, we will be back next week again with another full set of college basketball, college football, and NFL picks. Don't make or don't forget to check all of those out if you're not already watching all those. Otherwise, again, hopefully we see you after the music. Mm-hmm.